Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched The Captive, directed by Atom Egoyan and released in 2014. The plot goes something like this. Eight years after their daughter disappeared, Cassandra's parents start finding clues about her kidnapping. Now, we saw this. This is a festival circuit film, and we've just watched our one festival film of the year. <laughs> well, one for me, because I am going away on holiday and will be missing most of the festival. Which is very sad. So, we watched this uh, at the Cannes yeah, Film totally Festival. Yeah, totally sad that I have to go to Thailand no, for it's like a week and a half. Life sucks. Yeah, Silver Screen Queens have had a pretty good run. I've been in Bali. You're about to go to Thailand. Life mm-hmm. is hard. Um, yeah, so this is uh, one that's doing the festival rounds. Atom Magoyan is a fairly noted indie director. I think, is he um, Iranian? Is that right? I don't know. Turkish, maybe. He's done a few things. Um, and this one is a Canadian movie. Basically, all the actors are Canadian. It's all set in Canada. And it's kind of, it's got Canadian weather. It did say fellow Canadian in one of the things I saw, but I'm not Perhaps totally Atom sure Magoyan it is, is Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> I guess, maybe. I don't know. No. I only know that I went. we went to see this movie, basically, because I was like, I like Kevin Durand. And that's... Or, we haven't looked up how to say his name. Well, no, in, yeah, when we're unsure. We talk about him uh, in an old episode. I can't remember which one. As Kevin Durand, but we just saw an Noah. Indi- Noah, yeah, and uh, he is a very well-known Canadian character actor, and uh, yeah, pretty much that was the reason we went along to it. And I've by character soft- actor, what Melissa means is villain actor. <laughs> I do, um, and I have a soft spot for Ryan Reynolds. So you know, I like Ryan Reynolds too. So um, yeah, yeah so and- we went along. So what I have discovered since watching this movie is that it has terrible reviews. Really? Absolutely terrible. Like, it's got one star on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Very, very low reviews. Oh. See, and I know you didn't, but I quite enjoyed it. No, I didn't really enjoy it, but I didn't think it was as bad as the reviews are saying. I also – um, so the movie is about a girl who gets kidnapped by a pedophile who is played by Kevin Durand, which you find out in, like, literally the opening scene. But they, they said it was repulsive and, you know, appalling and all this sort of thing. And I was like, well, it doesn't really – it doesn't, like, treat pedophilia like it's a good thing. No. I don't quite understand where all of that is coming from unless you're just like, and Kevin no Durand pedophilia is- on screen ever. And his his character is punished for it. Yeah, so it's really – I don't know. It just seemed really odd. I think the main problem with the pedophilia storyline – and there's a lot of main problems with the sh- film as far as I'm concerned. But the main problem with the pedoph- pedophilia storyline is that Cassandra doesn't actually develop much. She doesn't – she's very underdeveloped as a character. Mm. Like, y- we don't really get to know her very well and we don't really get to know what her feelings about this are. Mm. And I think that's really unfair um, and I don't really like that. I don't think the movie is particularly interested in character. Mm. <laughs> There's not a lot of arcs in the movie. There's not a lot of, like, relationship, you know, that for a movie like this, you'd think it would be all about the relationships between people and the strain and how they break down and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's very episodic. It sort of shows you what has happened and the effects on people. Like, you sort of see Cassandra's got this she's a captive but she's also got this relationship that she's developed with this guy from from having been captured and ki- and kidnapped by him for so long so yeah but it doesn't really go into it no it doesn't but you see the effects of things but you don't really see them um it, it, that's not the main focus and there's a whole lot of there's a lot going on there's 
which I thought was clever but probably other people think is pretentious, but it doesn't tell you – the story takes place over eight or nine years, but it doesn't tell you where we're up to. Yeah, I actually um, found that really irritating. And sometimes we're going back in time, sometimes we go forward in time and there's uh, – it, it can be a bit disorienting. But I, I took that as being you have to do the work – yourself like you have to fill in the gaps in your brain as to what's going on yeah but i think i found that really irritating because you spend at least the first 30 seconds of every scene going okay which time is this Mm. rather than actually just watching the movie you're constantly going what's going on here what time period is it and i think he did that because he didn't have a lot of plot to work on although apparently it's it's a thing that he does a lot so it just seems like it wasn't a lot of plot to work on and if they told it in a linear manner it would be really boring so he told it in a non-linear ma- matter to try and make it more interesting so that we were thinking about something for the first yes yeah, so seconds to give you give you some work to do basically yeah. and i suppose there is an argument to be had for doing the making you feel as um confused as the police and the parents are like sort of making you feel yeah, a but bit, they're not living this out of time i know they're not living it out of time but the, the um they sort of nobody knows the full story people only know parts of the story like if you were there for a bit of it some people were there for some of it and some people were there for other bits and the police have to come in and piece it together like you, you sort of like putting together a but puzzle. they don't it doesn't really work that way because there's nobody doing that if there was somebody doing that, it would make more sense. But nobody is doing that. Everybody was there from the beginning, basically. Like, right at the beginning. We even go back to before Cassandra gets kidnapped, like, to meet the detectives. So the detectives don't come in and try and do this. We meet them well before she was kidnapped. And then we go at, you know, midpoint of the movie, we meet them before she was kidnapped. And then we go back to when she was kidnapped and or forward to when she was kidnapped and <laughs> call all over the place. Mm. So it, it's really... um and the thing is, like, there's other th- weird things. Like, you only ever see Mika with Cassandra as a teenager, which may be trying to avoid the whole pedophilia thing because you don't ever actually see any pedophilia, which, again, is why I don't really think that the appalling comments really work no. because you never see any of it. No, and it's it's actually deliberately, like, handled gently. Like, you see the police looking at computer screens and being horrified. Like, that's th- that's as... That's as much that ever happens. Uh, speaking of that, there's at least one time when they look at the computer screen and they go, oh, and you're like, what did you see? That's so annoying. Not the um, not yeah. one of the times when it's like horrified. That was fine to just play it out on somebody's face. But there's at one point where it's like a plot thing where it's like, look on this screen. Oh, wow. And then we don't see what's mm. on the screen. And you're like, don't. That's so irritating. Yeah. Why would you do that? Everybody in the scene can see what's on the screen. Yeah, I think there is that. That bit where you're right that she's older by that point, but she's also like she. There's a point where she's she's clearly grooming younger kids as well for him. Like he's he's sending her out or making her in some way recruit for him. Yeah, she's she's and a friendly face on a portal to a window yeah. to a thing to a what's it to a yeah. And it's a bit uh, ambiguous as to how willing she is. Like it, it sort of seems she sort of seems like she's just doing it. You don't ever see her being o- overly concerned by this or pained by it she just kind of we never see her get to the point where she's just squashed by the whole experience well we never see her really she just have is. emotions regarding the experience right she just kind I of i think she gets upset once yeah and, and then at the end of the movie she smiles yeah and i i there's a part of me that understands that when she was kidnapped as a defense mechanism she might well have been tamping things down but there's no they don't show you how that happens yeah there's a whole lot of other things that i really didn't 
I mean, I don't think the kidnapping of Rosario Dawson's character is at all necessary. I don't think it was necessary to kill her at the end. That She didn't me. die. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. Well, she looked dead to me. She wasn't dead. Wasn't she? I thought she was alive. She I moved she her head. she was dead. Oh, I didn't think she moved. Oh. Because I thought, yeah, she was all blue. <laughs> I thought she was dead. Okay. No, no, that was like the, the – that was what she looked like for the first time. She was like dirty, not okay. blue and dead. Um, yeah, because she, sure she, she was she moves blue her around head. the mouth and hands and stuff, but maybe she was just – um, oh, maybe she was dead. I, I thought she was dead. And that's that annoyed me because that was unnecessary and the whole yeah, Wow. Yeah. Completely different interpretations of that scene. Hang on. Um, well, yeah, now I'm now I'm like Googling. <laughs> um I also thought that God, um, Scott Speedman firstly was not very good in this and ter- secondly was pointless in this. Um the only reason he exists is so that Rosario Dawson can have a love interest and so that somebody goes looking for her when she die- when she's kidnapped. Like, yeah. there's no other reason for him to be there. He's annoying. He suspects Ryan Reynolds because of some reason that w- – because he reminds him of someone that we never, ever find out who that is. So it's totally pointless to put it in there. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't pay off at all. His whole character doesn't pay off at all. I was so happy when he got shot. <laughs> like, I was like – well, finally, because up till this point, you've been totally pointless. He didn't even like when Ryan Reynolds put his phone in the car yeah. to track the people. He didn't even not track them so that there was at least some payoff to him hating Ryan Reynolds. No. Like he just went, do you want me to track it? Okay. He did the right thing. Yeah. yeah. It makes him, it, I mean, it, Again, it was I, good, I but it makes him pointless. I think that's trying to make the journey happen, but you have to work for the journey. Like you have to make the journey happen in your own head. I don't know. But that's it, but not then- storytelling. If they're going, if they're just telling you, oh yeah, this happened without like it actually having happened. It's not storytelling. There's no, you have so to have set up and pay off. A little bit of, yeah, but there seems to be a little bit of a journey from him just really hating on Ryan Reynolds' character to agreeing to help him out with something because it's about getting the daughter back. See, I disagree with that because we've also always seen that he's a good cop. So there's there's literally two facets to his character and that particular moment just picked one instead of the other I'm one. I'm not sure we have seen that he's a good cop. He does his job really well. He puts his own oh, that's niece right. he puts his in own... danger. Yeah, that's right. He tries to beat up on like poss- potential victims, potential suspects. Like he's... No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He does it to Ryan Reynolds. He never beats him up. He throws him against a wall. When? The beginning. Like he, he Oh, I forgot about that. He's such a jerk. Yeah, he's a jerk. He's not <laughs> he's a good a cop at all. That's true. That so that's the journey. He goes from being like a bad cop who lets his personal life interfere far too much with his work and he has no has yeah, no sense to of saying, boundaries. To saying the word yes. To being like, uh, maybe if I actually did my job properly. I might actually get somewhere. I still feel like he was totally pointless and that role could have gone to somebody who was actually you was know, a better good. actor. Yeah. It definitely Another could woman, have. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been cool. No, never mind. You can't have too many women. Don't be ridiculous. She walked, you know, when, when all those guys walk into the, like, she's like, this is my team. And it's like, white dude, white dude, white dude, white dude. And I was like, that, that's your team? Yeah, she's the diversity candidate in that team. Yeah, exactly. You're like, but this is people working with young victims of abuse. You'd think at least some of them would be women. <laughs> yeah, well, that I was thinking, of course, the, like, the child abuse squad is women led because that, you know, I, I just had this idea that of course the women are going to be more able to do the job and things like, and that's completely sexist of me. But I was like, it was, it was almost a bit weird that, um, and Rosario Dawson's character when she's um interviewing him for the job sort of does this to Scott Speedman's character. Like, why are you interested in this? No, I mean, she does uh, the question she asks, uh, not so much why are you doing this as 
weeding him out for potential mm. being interested in pedophilia yeah. comments. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it's not so much why do you want to do this as like, well, it is a bit, but it's but also. But there is all that, that sort of questioning about a man, especially a youngish man, doing like this caring child-centered role. Yeah, but since they're specifically um, interested in catching pedophiles, I think the questions that were oh, targeted yeah, they, they, they at were fine. Well, because yeah, clearly Rosario Dawson is an excellent cop. Yeah, she is terrific, and that therefore it makes it completely and utterly fucking ridiculous when nobody at that dinner even notices that the woman very, very clearly comes in and switches the glasses and all And this she's stuff. had like one gla- half a glass of champagne and she's you know, like, no. Nobody, not a single person at that thing. Yeah. Like at this event. And she's this head of a police squad. She would have some kind of protection. And the thing is, it wouldn't, she wouldn't just be there with her date either. She would have, there would be other people there, right? There would to be see like her a getting, guard somewhere. Well, if, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And, or like it, if one of your top detectives was getting an award, you would think like the whole squad would turn up. Like or her, her IT guy would probably put on a suit and show up for fancy yeah. dinner. Like there's a whole lot of really inconvenient things that have to happen. I also or think, convenient well, things. Well, sorry, yes, <laughs> convenient things. Um, and the whole like, the whole falling in love with the cop partner thing didn't work anyway. Like they didn't – I didn't really buy that. I didn't either because they had no chemistry and it was – I thought that was pointless. Mm. Like Rosario Dawson really didn't need that. Yeah. It it literally only seemed to happen so that firstly somebody could suspect Matthew, Ryan Reynolds's character, and secondly so that – We needed someone to be a slightly bad cop. Well, somebody would look, f- would look for her when – like the reason that they had the relationship seemed to be so that somebody would look for her when she went missing. Mm. But I was like, surely somebody would be looking for her anyway. Right. Does she not have like parents, sisters, other colleagues who care, you know? I don't she's know. Got it- a whole, she's the head of a whole team of detectives. And then- No, the sisters thing though um, – she specifically says, like, because oh, when she, right. was she was young, a, she was out yeah, on the street. out on the streets. Of course, she was. You're right. So she wouldn't, she wouldn't have had family, but she has a whole team. Not of necessarily, other cops. but she's like a 35 year old woman. She doesn't have friends. Yeah, or you know, no, of course not. She's like, a woman in a movie. They don't have friends. They have boyfriends. Yeah, exactly. Like, because you just said to me before we started this, because you've just moved out on your own, and you're like. We'll record on Sunday night, so if I don't turn up, you'll know I've died over the weekend. I'm like, we will know if you've died over the weekend. If I'm not seeing you on the weekend, somebody else is going to be seeing you, right? Like, you have friends. We would be checking on you. Like, you didn't come home for, like, an extra hour one night, and I texted you being like, are you okay? I had these horrible feelings that you'd had a car accident or something. So, people, like, even if you're single and whatever, she's still a person in a community. Yeah, it did did seem really, like, problematic. And I think the puzzle – element of the story was kind of problematic as well like they sort of the pedophilia ring was more of a puzzle to be solved than a there wasn't any actual interest in what it was i think what the thing is there is there's no it's all about the effect on the adults and not about what it what it does to the kids yeah so we have this one one girl who's the who's the victim and she's so flat too and yeah and there's there's no emotional story in there and there's no sort of indication like there's no i don't know if if it's an acting thing or is it a deliberate choice well, I but there's the no little girl who played Cass was really good mm. but then we never see her actually yeah whereas or anything. that's but right she no, was she seemed like really she was really engaging and the yeah. older one sort of was flat <laughs> yeah and like we we're talking about before there's there might be a good reason that a kid who's been kidnapped for eight years is flat by the time yeah but as an audience up, we but need we need to, know, to know why yeah we need to see why that happens and we also there's no difference between 
what she's doing when she's recording stuff for him and what she's doing when he leaves the room and leaves her alone. Like there's and there's no indication on her face that she's doing this against her will and, and like that could be an acting choice. But the only re- the only mm. time we get that is when she sees her dad again. Yeah, and she's and, really like, delighted. She is, and and she's smart about how to tell him stuff. Yeah, she yeah, that's right. You know, it, that's the only time we really see any personality mm. in her. Even when she is uh, like rescued at the end, there's not a lot of personality in her yeah. like she screams a lot when it happens and then she we just see her at the end and she's smiling and you're like that's that's what we get after she's been yeah. held and captive is- she's the captive it should be her story why isn't it her story well and that's an interesting thing because this is titled differently in europe and in, in, at khan where it came out it's titled captives which then would indicate that everyone's a captive everyone's got okay everyone's trapped doing something right mm. And you do get a sense of that, like you get a sense of her mother being trapped, having lost her daughter and also like having had a kid so young that the parents have obviously had this kid really young and so they're both kind of trapped in financial situations and they're they're, it's all shot in winter. We never, ever, ever see it in summer. They're always, it's always winter. So there's always like mounds of snow. So they're all kind of trapped by this Canadian weather and the, you get the idea that Scott Speedman's character is trapped and is the ca- is a captive of his prejudices, and he's not very good at his job because he's got this I- these set ideas, and he's not willing to change. But them we never and- even know who it is that he thought. Of. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying. But yeah, the the girl at the center of it, nothing like the captive herself. And there's even a sense that um, Mika, who is Kevin Duran's character, is trapped by his own perversions yeah know? exactly he's he's a, he's a captive captive to his um particular predilection yeah but yeah there's nothing about her and you were talking about something oh you were talking about them and i realized that another problem that i had with the movie is you have no like the the way that it's structured you have no indication of when the time is but also everybody looks exactly the same for the entire time except the kid except the kid yeah who's played by two, two different actors yeah <laughs> like they don't even try with haircuts or like have you had exactly the same hair for the last eight years no have you had exactly the same face for the last eight years have you had exactly the same body for the last eight years like god no everybody like they could Mm. at least try and draw some wrinkles on or something it seems so lazy yeah like like, shave a beard off once had ryan reynolds be clean shaven when she was kidnapped and bearded when he's older and she like and you know he's been living with this for so long so that there was some kind of physical manifestation of his grief mm-hmm. instead of him just being bearded the whole time you do see a little bit on Rosario Dawson's character i think she's got short hair at one point or maybe it's just pulled back i think it's just pulled back i don't remember her <laughs> ever having short hair okay it, yeah. it was it's lazy you know it's yeah. to make it easier they just sort of went eh people don't change in 8 years they look the same mm. lazy they do more work on TV shows to do flashbacks, man. <laughs> well, yeah, like Kevin Duran's character, who in real life is like a year older than Ryan Reynolds or something, mm. they make him grey and sort of older looking, but they could have quite easily have made him kind of him look like himself to start with and then like slowly grade well, his well, hair. No, but we never or... see him in the past. Don't we? Nope. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. We, we only know. ever okay. see him in the present. Right. So and we only ever see him with Cassandra in the present. He's been aged up. <laughs> He has been aged up, and uh, he, which is weird, because there's no reason to do that with him, and yet there's a good reason with everybody else. Um, but I think he also, yeah, because se- he seems like thinner, especially so like especially well. where, um, like Ryan Reynolds and um, Mireille Enos, the mother, they're supposed to have had this kid as a, 
as teenagers. They're supposed to be like 28 when it starts and like 36 when it finishes. And they're both around 36 in real life. So that's what they look like the whole time through. Like they don't, they never try and make them look like they're 28. Yep. Mm. It's just like, yep. Um, and, and yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I just, I think um, there are, like, I actually, there are things that I think are good about it. I think some of the performances are good, especially mm. um, Kevin Durand and Ryan Reynolds. I think Maria Enos is good, but I don't think she, I feel bad for the actress because she does this a lot. Yeah. Like, she, well, you, I think you said this, she's kind of one note. She is kind of one. But in, in this performance, the character is kind of one note. She doesn't get much to do except be grieving and. Yeah, we get to see her happy once for about 20 seconds. Oh, yeah, we see her happy just before the kid is kidnapped and then when she gets her back. That's it. Right. Whereas, and, 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 and the rest kind of the time like she's like bedraggled this. and be, be, she's sort of bedrudged. I think, I don't I know that's not a real word, but like, because basically we see her doing her job. She's a maid in a hotel. So it's not like. You know, she's got this real blue collar kind of really tough, hardworking gig that she has to do in this sort of hotel on Niagara Falls. It's really kind of seedy and icky. And really, the, uh, no, not the not the hotel, but the whole like her life just seems a bit sad because that hotel was gorgeous. The, the hotel room is nice, <laughs> but like she's that that that's the whole thing though. That the underside of any hotel room is all the lowly paid maids who have to clean it and like she's got to go out on that freezing balcony and it's always snowing she didn't ever have to go out on the balcony except that they put this is the other thing oh yeah they're basically fucking with her the whole time it's really odd because her not the not the dad with the mother yes and it's really strange because it's um there's plenty of things to be mad about with regards to pedophilia and pedophile rings anyway without that Mm. Like that's just, and it yeah. didn't lead to them capturing him either, so it's just kind of pointless. Yeah, it, it, that's right. Um, so I thought when when they started getting interesting little clues and things, I thought they might that might mean that this actually wasn't a pedophile ring. There was something else going on here. Oh, I thought yeah. that it might mean that she was trying to leave clues for her mother mm. somehow. Yeah, yeah, that was my sort of take. But no, it was the pedophile ring who was trying to yeah. just watch her be upset. Right, which, which doesn't it, – it also seems to go against – like, they're, they're a pedophile ring. Like, they, they aren't there to tick off the parents. They're, 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 they're about the kids, right? Again, it's all this focus on the adults and what happens to the adults. Yeah. And very – almost nothing on what happens to the, this kid but other kids as well. Like, clearly there are – they're trying to lure in other kids to the whole thing. And there's anyway. no real focus on what the effects are on the kids. Yeah, and there's – yeah. And there's an interesting story that we doesn't get told with the the little girl is a really good ice skater and her ice skating partner won't skate without her. Like mm. they've made a promise, we're always going to skate together. So he skates solo all the way through high school and as an adult, like there's no discussion about oh, wait. the impact on him. The thing does get help them get caught because the trophy is found and then he finds out that the kid had the trophy, right? And then when, but then he just like Matthew finds out he goes to watch the kids skating, and then he just happens to overhear a conversation, right? Where well, she's that, and she, how woman she, is how interviewing does, him about the trophy? Yeah, and like, d- did um, did the girl know that that woman was going to go and talk to this kid, or like, yeah, that was all very weird. It, I that guess just, she must have, and then therefore that's why she gave him the clue about going to the ice skating rink. But we have, but how seen, did she know? And we've also seen him at the ice rink anyway. Like, there's a scene early yeah. on. Where he goes and watches the guy sk- the kids skate because he misses his daughter and he's got nothing else to do, so he hangs out at the ice rink. Yeah, 
So it's really just coincidence anyway, yeah. ultimately. And then, but then I do like, I think um, that Ryan Reynolds has the best storyline, mm. right? Because he is the one who basically lost her, I guess. Like he was, mm. she was in the back of his truck when he went in to get pie after ice skating and she's gone and his wife blames him. I think one of the interesting things we talked earlier about how they don't age the actors but what they do is he has the same truck through the whole thing. And I really like that because I've had the same car for the last eight years. And also because he doesn't change anything in the car and it's a complete mess and it kind of reflects his state. So it starts yeah. off, it's a relatively- I still think he could have grown the beard over the time. Yeah, but anyway. it's a relatively new car, but it's set up for a guy who has a kid. So it's a bit messy and there's kid stuff in there and it's all kind of fun. And then- that you actually sort of see the car get older and you know that his business doesn't go well but isn't going well or it does seem to get better over the time but he's but the car he's still driving the same car for eight years so it can't be getting that much better yeah and he's and watching it gets a bit more battered but then at the very end what happens is he fight, gets her back and he removes all the kids stuff out yeah. of the car and it's quite symbolic i thought the way the way they the, the character journey of the car was quite interesting <laughs> yeah, in but reflection that, of his character that's why i like his journey so much more than anybody mm. else's, you know, like his, it's reflected in all these different things. Yeah. The way he drives down the road and looks out for girls who would be about the same age yeah. as her yeah. and all, and then he gets to see her and he, you know, acts the shit out of that scene. And mm. then he become he finds his, cause everybody thinks he's dumb. Mm. You know, everybody's just always talking about how dumb he is yeah. and how, you know, he fights and, how yeah. impulsive he is and all this sort of stuff. Well, the, and then he does something that's, like, smart. Instead yeah. of, you know, doing the really impulsive thing, he's like, oh, I'm going to put my phone in here and then I'm going to take her phone. And, yeah. like, he, he gets to be – yeah, he gets to actually have a journey. Yes. Yeah, he, that's right. It's kind of about – he. you get this idea that he's got this bit of perpetual adolescence going on where he had a kid as a teenager and he's kind of still a kid. And then it's it's only through this – journey that he goes on that he actually grows up like that's his he actually comes out of his adolescence and becomes a parent yeah and it's good uh, he gets i mean i think that might be why so many people when they write about the movie write about it being his story which it isn't really i don't think he gets more screen time than no. like any- but we are also trained to think that the youngish white guy is the lead yeah there's that yeah. too but i think also because he has the story yeah, he has a story. Nobody else gets to have a story. No. Um, Maria Enos's character, her story is she loses a kid, she's sad for a really long time, she gets her kid back. Mm. Yay. Yeah, she's sad, she gets a bit better, but they keep f***ing with her so she gets so she gets worse. She gets her kid back. Yeah. Rosario Dawson is like, she's a really good cop, she's a really good person, we like her the whole way through, so she, of course, gets unfairly kidnapped and potentially killed we don't know you couldn't find it on the interwebs oh um, no i didn't wasn't clear because yeah. well, it isn't clear in the story i suppose no it's so not unless atom mcgoyan actually talked about it no i didn't i didn't actually I, I googled it once i didn't really check clear carefully i do think that atmosphere and mood wise it worked quite well mm. in spite of there was there was kind of a silliness to the story about how it all kind of played out Mm. that I didn't really appreciate, especially with this kind of subject matter. But the mood was really good and well well maintained. Yeah, the, the snow and the cold and all that sort of stuff really. And and some of the shots were really, really good. Mm. Um, so there were some things about it that and, – and, again, Rosario Dawson and Ryan Reynolds are good. Yeah. 
And there are some moments when you're like, yay, you know, they're together and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree with you on the it's got a very on the mood and the snow and stuff. It's got a very particular visual style and a very particular look. And I noticed a lot of the the buildings are all like from the 1970s. Yeah, there's a lot of wood paneling. The police station is quite old and it probably it looks like it's from an earlier era. The homes that every time we're in a home or a building, it's like a building that's been there for a long time. And and it it might have to do with the Niagara Falls thing. Like maybe Niagara Falls was at the peak of its popularity in the seventies and in the mid century and that's why all the buildings are all mid century because it's never been at that level of popularity again. I don't I don't know. There's lots of warm browns and even the room where uh, Cassandra's being held is a really 70s kind of room. It's got mm. this green bathroom. And the bar? Yeah, and a little bar in it. And there's a, the colour palette is, is like white and brown mm. and a grey, maybe a silvery grey. It's a very, very particular look mm. to it. Yeah, and everything is so spaced out as well. Mm. You just get a sense of distance constantly. Yeah, well, you, you do. It's a, it's a, that's why I am certain it's a Canadian film not American, like this happens on the Canadian side of the border because it's very, it's about this big country where people, the parents are quite distant from one another. They seem to live a few hours apart. No, it's really complicated because it seems like she's like, I can't look at him. We don't see each other. And yep. yet it seems like they also still live in the same house. It's so I think really he confusing. still technically lives there, but he never goes there because he's always on the road for work. Uh, okay, yeah, because I was confused because they seem to have split, and but, but they then, haven't. But they haven't because we then like we're seven years in or something, and they are at the same house, and they both seem to live there. Yeah, I, it's confusing. Yeah, I think I feel like that she has the job where she always is always in the same place, and he has the job where he's always moving around. And uh, so, yeah. and she can't stand to look at him, and he wants to be all the, on the road all the time so he can find Cassandra, and so he just and also. By the way, did you notice that he's literally doing construction on the house next to Kevin Durant's? I got the idea that Kevin Durant's character had almost arranged that. Like, yeah, I thought yeah. that too. But then it happened to be the house next door, not his own oh, yard. Okay, yeah, because I, I was like, oh, it's arranged because he's he's hired the company that Ryan Reynolds works for to work on his house and that would make sense that would because this is another thing where it's like oh it's a weird coincidence that this happens to happen and so it all works out this way yeah i I thought it might be arranged so that he could see the father's grief as well but apparently the father's grief doesn't matter it's just about watching women suffer Mm. anyway uh yeah there was a lot of things that kind of frustrated me but the thing is i didn't I think watching it, I liked it a little bit more than talking about it. Well, that, and that's the thing. I actually quite enjoyed it. Like I, I came out of it and was like, "Whoa!" I re- I enjoyed myself. I never got bored. I was it was quite intense. I know you were sleepy, but that's because you were about to move house, so you know you were tired. But I, yeah, I re- I did enjoy it, and I don't I don't understand this um the hate that you is apparently in existence about it. Yeah, I just didn't enjoy it very much. But also, I want to talk about a little bit about Kevin. Kevin Durant, because he's our favorite. Because he's yeah. our favorite. I was also excited to see Bruce Greenwood, um, yeah. Captain Pike in this and movie. Being, being a bit of a villain. Like he was a bit of a villain, but I like to see Bruce Greenwood in things. Yeah, it was great. I do like it when he gets to be a hero like Captain Pike, but still, I like to see him in things. Um, yep. I also think he's great in Mao's Last Dancer. Anyway, uh, Kevin Durant is really – it's a really different kind of role, and I think he is someone – I read in an interview recently, which was conducted by my online friend, Angie. He is someone who 
really invests in each villain that he plays mm. and tries to find the humanity in them and like tries to find how they're all different. Yes. So if you compare this to somebody like Martin Kimi on Lost or um Vasily Fett, who he's playing on the strain at the moment, who by the way isn't a bad guy, he's a good guy, which is really nice to see. Um but he's really they're all really different. Like he really kind of in spite of the fact that he's, you know, this big imposing guy he infuses every role with different things. So in this one, he's like this, he kind of presents himself as this, like he's trying to be soft, mm. you know, like he's, he you keeps don't- his hand, he's very tightly wound, he keeps his hands behind his back and he talks in this really soft voice. He never raises his voice once in the whole thing. Kevin Durand is six foot six. Yeah. But you don't notice that in this movie. The only person who looks tall and imposing is Ryan Reynolds, who's like, Six two or something, much smaller, right? Mm. But they—he's—I mean, Kevin Durant is tall and skinny, so that does make a difference. But he's but made he's to not look usually this skinny. Yeah, and That's he the looks, thing. I think he lost weight for this, and he looks quite small as well. He always looks small, as well as the like physically. He—I think he physically like goes in on himself mm. a lot to play this character. Yeah, it's really. I think I thought it was great. Um, I thought he did a good job. He's so creepy. Yeah, you oh. know, like he's so because it, it's this performance of who he is all the time Mm. he's always performing who he is and he isn't really being who he is Mm. it's very very weird and very unsettling which i thought was a really good take on this kind of villain yeah because you know they are the people in the society who you're like there's just something weird something is off but you can't like but they're always nice (laughs) he's nice to everybody and he's he's like hot he's he's a like a pillar of the community. Bruce Greenwood is clearly some wealthy local person and he's like his Kevin Durant's character is his right-hand man. He's important. He's raising money for charity. He gets to sit at important tables. He is – I think that's, that's part of the point, I guess. But there is something off about him. And, I mean, sure, Kevin Durant always looks kind of creepy. Like I've never – he's – He's played a lot of different characters and he, he he's always good, but he is always – there is something about him that's well, yeah, creepy. He, I mean, he basically always plays villains. Yeah. He didn't really in um, Wolverine either, but he didn't play a good guy necessarily in that either. He just played a neutral kind of character. He was the blob in the Wolverine, Wolverine X-Men Origins, blah-de-blah. Yeah, the Canadian one. <laughs> the one with Dom in it. Yes, Which was the only right. reason I saw that movie. Um, uh where Ryan Reynolds played um, Deadpool, Deadpool for the first badly. time. Not not he played him badly. They prefer, they did um, bad things to Deadpool. Yes. Hopefully the movie that's coming out in a couple of years will um, redeem him. What was I going to say? They they portrayed him. Yeah, they portrayed Deadpool badly. They, did, they didn't do him a, a service. No. Yeah. I think we should probably wrap up. We've done half an hour. Oh, we've easily done half an hour. <laughs> Okay. I did want to talk about him because he was kind of the reason that we saw it and I liked him in it. Yeah. Oh, I also want to talk about Ryan Reynolds' funny run. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> he runs funny. It made me laugh like three times. Is it, so he has a long body and short legs. Is that what it no, is? No, no, no. He has long legs that are really skinny. Oh. Like he has really skinny legs and like this big buff and he's wearing a coat as well. Yeah. He's all, so he's really, yeah. It looks like, you know, those little toys that you hang off like a, a desk and it's got the little floppy legs, but the top <laughs> part is like solid. That's what it looked like. And then, uh. and then he would do this run and it was always on snow. So he was always like slipping. Ah! <laughs> he looked like a puppet. It's so funny. I um, uh, yeah, I didn't really notice that so much. There was something a little bit off, though. Yeah, yeah. you might have noticed me laughing in those scenes. Though. I did, I did, <laughs> and I think you might have leaned over to me. Look how he runs. <laughs> and that is my in-depth analysis of the captives. Ryan Reynolds has a funny run. Yes, you just gave it as both of its titles, the captives.
<laughs> he's the captive. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. I think it works better. Yeah. I, I really do. It I does. think captives works much better. I think better. captives is a better title and I agree. So should we wrap up then? What are you yes. giving it? Uh, I gave it two stars. I will give it three. Thank you for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Uh, if you want to read the show notes on this, which will include uh, that interview we mentioned earlier, it's silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of The Captive or Captives, depending on where you live, that is on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. You can find us on Twitter at screen underscore queens or Look us up on Facebook and send us a message. Or you can find us on Tumblr, which is tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.